you said you'd come. Lawrence, hope you're not too late. We know each other. He's a friend from work. Hey, good evening, everybody. Uh, welcome to episode number 39 of the Wulong Talks podcast. And yeah, we're back. It took a little while, but um, we've survived migraines and colds and all kinds of crazy stuff. Uh, and we're still here. We're still standing. So yeah, we're still strong, man. We're good. We're good. We're good. How's everybody doing? Hope everyone is all right listening to this. Um, today, we're going to jump into our spoilers review of Black Panther. Now, those of you um, who uh, are listening to us for the first time, uh, you may not know that we also do uh, small movie reviews every now and again. And I did do a non-spoilers review for Black Panther. So if you're, you know, the, the one person on planet Earth who hasn't seen Black Panther yet, then you can go and check that out and have a listen to that. Um, that will give you a kind of flavor of, of what the movie's like and, and what we think of it. Because um, I said, in this one, we're going to go full on spoilers. So you have been warned. If you haven't seen the movie, you probably shouldn't be listening to this right now. But let's face it, considering the amount of money that film is making, pretty much everybody on planet Earth has seen that movie. So, yeah, we're going to go in. But first of all, let me introduce uh, the crew who are here. Um, we've got... Big A, the man geek up north, who's here with us again. Big A, say what's up. Evening, people, or morning, or whatever time it is, wherever you are. Yeah, man. And, of course, we've got the wrestling kid in the background, Rich Kid. Rich, say what's up. Aloha. <laughs> Thank you for the traditional um, Hawaiian greeting. Uh, anybody listening Hanukkah, to us? Hanukkah, Hawaii? Hanukkah, Hanukkah. <laughs> 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 I, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I guess Rich Kids feel happy, which is good because it means we're going to get a good show. We're going to get a good show. Hell yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Well, as said, we're here to do our Black Panther spoilers review. Um, before we begin with the review itself, though, uh, just a couple of things that we wanted to touch on before we get into the nitty gritty. So, those of you who follow us on social media will know that we attended the European premiere of Black Panther. We were very fortunate enough to get tickets to go along and, and see that in London. Um, and yeah, I mean, we, we've probably got some thoughts on that. So I'm not going to say anything about it, but Rich Kid, I think you should probably um, take the lead on this one, man, and, and let people know, because a few people have actually asked us what, what our thoughts were of the premiere itself. Um, and we did come out with, with thoughts about that. Um, Rich, what did you think of like the the premiere as a whole, as the, the experience of kind of seeing um, the Black Panther movie? Um, I mean, okay, bar aside, seeing the actual movie itself, like you said, mm. which we're going to touch upon. Yeah, yeah, which yeah, was yeah. great. This yeah, is yeah. Uh, but but actually, yeah, but actual the actual experience of the premiere, um, I, I felt a bit because I don't want to sound ungrateful because I mean, obviously, like you know, Jay, we, we were given the tickets as you know, as as a present. Mm. So you know, so mm. we can't knock that. 
but I, I did feel that I felt underwhelmed with the premiere that, that we received for the for you know for the European premiere. And I'm only I'm 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 only basically I'm I'm basing it on the American premiere and mm. the Korean mm. premiere, which happened I well basically what a week before, you know, before the one that we went to. And it just felt like it just it felt cheap. Like I said, I, I mean, I'm, and I'm not even trying to talk bad about the people that may have organized, even, even organized this event. I'm just saying that I was expecting it to be, you know, just a lot more glamorous. You know, the, and, I mean, if you go to the, the American premiere, they didn't have a red carpet. They, they had a purple carpet. You know, then the, the dress code that everybody was given to attend the premiere was that you had to be, you had to come like, you know, in some form of African garment. Like it, it was an event. That's what it felt like. It felt like an event. And even the same thing with the Korean, the, the Korean premiere, like, you know, Korean premiere, like re- Korea, really? You know, <laughs> not saying that, no, I'm not talking bad about Korea, but what I'm trying to say is that of all places, you've chosen that and you've got the same type of, you know, uh, build up and um, organization that you had of the US premiere. And then you come to like the UK and they have it in Hammersmith. So, you know, they haven't, they, you know, they have it, they have it in the ends in it. So mm. like, you know, certain mm. men's are from West, you know, you know, you, you know, you got to use certain language, you get me. So they have it in West, but it didn't feel glamorous. It just felt like a place where everybody had managed to get tickets for a film that everybody's anticipating to see. And it was a chance to get dressed up. And there were a few celebrities here and there, but it, it, it could have just be, it could have just been a lot more, uh, a lot bigger, especially considering everything that has managed to pull off in its opening week not opening weeks or, or months what it's managed to do in the in the first weekend and the first week that premiere that it got doesn't do it justice at all so i mean that, that that's my opinion it was nice to go and it was nice to see nice people and you know see the posters and you know and get the you know and, and see the stars come out at the, at the beginning and you know to hear like a little announcements from like ryan kugel and things like that that was amazing but it, it didn't feel you know it, it didn't feel amazing to me and that's only mm. and that's comparing it to like me going to the, the star wars premiere so and like and, and i got there kind of late and i could still see i can still can still imagine how epic that would have been you know so why am, yeah. I, not why am I not surprised because it because it's family it's always me yeah now nah, i was early that day bro it was star wars it was star wars i was early that day bro for real I was suited, I've suited and booted, uh, suited and booted, mate. Burberry suit, all sorts. Well, listeners, I mean, if you believe that um, Richard was, Richard was on, time, on time, you believe in believe it. Et tu, Brutus, et But no, I mean, I think it's, um, it's worth echoing some of the things that you said, really. Um, you know, for my take, I felt like you know, I, I felt like we could have got a little bit more, I guess, razzmatazz, which isn't really, it doesn't really make any sense. That, <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I'm guessing the, the what I'm trying to say is that, as Richard said, you know, in comparison to what we got with the American premiere and how that was delivered and the way that they dressed up the theatre and, um, you know, the amount of, of kind of effort they went to 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 kind of really immerse people, not just in the movie itself, but in an experience. Um, it felt like this, that th- there just wasn't the same effort put in. And, you know, there was only really a couple of photos that Rich and myself posted up on, 
um, on our social media page on our Instagram page. And really that was because there wasn't really much to take <laughs> photos of. I mean, we did try mm, and do yeah. a bit of live streaming. Um, so to those of you who, who are listening to this, who checked out the live stream, thank you very much. Appreciate it. Um, but you know, it, it, there really wasn't much to see, which is kind of sad. Um, because you know, the UK is a big supporter of, of, the Marvel brand, especially Marvel Studios, you know, um, there's a reason why they always want to launch their movies here early. And it's because, you know, the UK crowd always comes out and, and supports. And there was a really good turnout, you know, for this thing. I mean, yeah, there, there weren't many celebrities, but there were a lot of people who, who turned up for this premiere. Um, and there were even people outside. I mean, not many because it was bloody cold as you would expect from London in the middle of um, flipping February, then yeah, you know, it was, it was bitter that night, but in spite of that, you know, there was a lot of enthusiasm around. So yeah, it felt a little bit underwhelming to be honest with, with what it was, but you know, for those of you that wanted to know what the experience was like, um, I think Rich kind of hit the nail on the head really. So yeah, yeah. that's fair enough. Um, oh, quick question before we go to the next thing. Um, can I just say that we um, we actually we met Professor Green out there, and oh, he's a top yeah, bloke. Yeah, so we took course, a picture of, of him and spoke to him for a little bit. So that, yeah. so that was awesome catching up with him. Really nice, that, nice down to earth fellow. Mm. Um, he's done he's done quite a lot of work with my cousin um, to try and promote mental health and uh, mental health awareness as well. So um, big up mm. to that as well, man. Mm -hmm. um, those of you in America, you probably don't know Professor Green um, much at all. Um, but he's a, a musician, he's a rapper from here in the UK. Um, and yeah, he was he was a cool guy. He was very, very, as Richard said, very down to earth and, and very approachable. Um, you know, and he even took a picture with us as well, which is which yeah. was cool, you know. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, yeah, it was it was great to meet him. So if he's listening, big up, man. Um yeah, man. yeah, let's move on. Uh before we get into the review as well, there was um one other thing we wanted to cover, which was um, something that, that Richard pointed out, which was uh, a meme I'm sure you've all seen on, on your social media, uh, a meme that was going around, I think, just before the movie came out. Um, I think Alvin has some more background on where the meme kind of came on, came from and, and things like that. So, Alv, could you just give like kind of a, a little bit of background of, of what we're talking about with regards to the meme? Yeah, so uh, obviously with the hype surrounding Black Panther, uh, I believe just before it actually uh, came out, uh, there's a progressive media outlet. Um, they have a website and whatnot, and they're always posting like progressive stories and that. And it's called a uh, Salon, uh, S A L O N. And uh, they've got, obviously got they've got a Twitter account. And on their Twitter account, this this is the exact words because I'm looking at it right now. Uh, they posted a tweet, obviously a picture of Black Panther, and it said Black Panther is the first blockbuster format release featuring a black hero front and center. Now, obviously, if you've watched any fucking superhero movies since like well in the 90s or even further back from that i suppose you could count shaft um you'll know that that's not true mm. exactly um so so there was a lot of kind of like uh frenzy around that and people correcting them and they did uh correct their kind of statement sending out a tweet saying okay we made a mistake but it's a pretty big mistake to make mm -hmm. Yeah, don't you ever, ever forget Brother Wesley, man, and what he did for <laughs> us. <laughs> yeah. But Rich, I mean, you you made like a number of really good points um, around the, the kind of meme and, and the mm. problems that it, it kind of 
creates with the wording that it used and and you know the way in which some people kind of uh, addressed what it was saying so um yeah. you know if you wanted to kind of give your take on on that and and just explain a little bit as well about where um you're coming from with regards to to the meme and and, and what they were doing yeah well i mean i mean because i mean the meme that you said alvin that wasn't that was the that was the first initial meme is that, is that correct yeah and didn't they release did they release a second one that just said well i mean that, that was slightly worded differently right? don't yeah. i don't know whether there's a different one uh yeah. oh, wait, wait i think i may have seen one or two of those on instagram but i was referring to that yeah yeah, yeah um but basically um it was basically just referring to the same thing basically saying that um the first black superhero uh black panther you know xyz and it was said yeah and obviously they're saying the same thing like don't forget um uh blade or Wesley snaps his blade and, and I'm not sure, maybe my, my mind might be playing tricks to me, but I think there might have even said um, one of the memes with the same picture might have said the first African-American superhero front, you know, front and centre as well. <clears throat> and it caused a bit of a divide amongst people because then you had, you know, people start taking it to heart, you know, as, for, as fanboys, you know, we're very passionate people. Um, uh, you know, or, can we even say fanboys now? Sorry, while we're, you know, while we're on the topic of being PC, should we just be called fan humans? No, Fan because people? they're still males and females. Even if someone's trans, they're still male or female. The only person who aren't male or female are non-binaries. So you can call non-binaries fan people, I guess. So, so, so what I just say, fan people for all of us, for everybody? No, because no. I don't want to be referred to as a fan person. Call me a fanboy. Okay, cool. Okay, I shall, I shall call you a fangirl, like you just suggested. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> waka, waka, waka. Okay, all right. <laughs> okay, no, okay, so, okay, back to business. All right, yeah, so, you know, and this whole thing of, like, um, you know, um, and it, it was the wording of the meme that got me because people st really started to get, you know, taking it to heart. Take into account that, that this, for some people, this just wasn't a superhero film. It was representation. It could have been a film about anything, but for a lot of people, it was just about representation of being able to see something that you can identify with in a positive way. And so it caused quite a bit of quite a bit of in-house fighting. And the wording behind it is, I think, what caused it. And I was actually surprised that a lot of people didn't pick up on this. And it wasn't about <clears throat> the first African-American superhero being front and centre. There were loads before Blade. So you've got films like Meteor Man, uh, Blank Man, um Leonard part six um you know and i'm sure there's probably one or two like don't forget ones about out there as well don't forget our, our about, boy shack though in steel in it our boy oh still oh, yeah shack attack yeah shack attack you know, you got Chucky movie that had no reference to Superman whatsoever. Like, in it, damn, like that. That was just <laughs> damn. Yeah, and then, and then obviously then it was Spawn as well. Yeah, so like so there's been there's been a few, but yeah, what it men was in that black as well. we'll Men in Black, about. yeah, yeah, Men in Black is based on a comic book as well. But then what it was is that it was the wording that caused some divide because people obviously I think maybe just saw reference to skin color and then saw superhero and just took offense. The Black Panther is the first African superhero to be front and center of a superhero film that I know of and of such magnitude as to like the way how the film has been put together. So like all black cast, um, director, writers, and so, and, you know, and so forth. So there's a distinct difference between African and African-American. I'm not saying that one is better than the other. That's far from it. We're all the same people, but I think that's what threw people off. And it, and it did, I did find it annoying because people just decided to take it to heart and like, and some of the stuff I saw being written, 
um, on some of these forums, it was kind of harsh, especially considering that it's just, I will say it's just a film based on a comic. And for some people, it's not like myself included. But when you break it down to like, the, you know, to its basics, it is just that. Not enough to see some of the stuff that I saw written um, by people. Um, so, so, yeah. So I just wanted to clear that up because I know some people are still going on about that. I still see that meme still floating about so in, in certain places of social media. Mm. Um, so, yes, yeah, so, so, yeah, so I just wanted to like try to clear that up for people that maybe didn't understand what the meme meant. And if they did understand and maybe had um, the wrong conclusion, I thought maybe I've, I could try to give you like a, a, a clearer one. I'm not yeah. saying that is the gospel. That's how I see it. So, so yeah. Yeah, cool. No, that's fair enough, man. Um, as you said, I mean, this this is a, a movie that means a lot to lots of people, given you know the how successful it's been at the box office. I mean, it's still crushing it right now. Um, you know, before we started recording, listeners, you know, Alvin was mentioning about just how successful it's been around the globe in, in <laughs> more or less every continent on the planet. You know, um, so clearly that people are, are very very invested in in this movie and all of us included i mean we were all you know we we talked about it as as far back as when the first trailer launched last year um loads of people have been listening to that podcast uh, and our trailer review so thank you um i do think some of you are listening to it because you think it's a movie review <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah because we had a, like a crazy spike on that episode like last week for some reason so i think people were, were, were like oh it's a review and then we're obviously disappointed when all we did is talk about the trailer. But, but um, yeah, I mean, if you've been following us, then you know, you know, this is a movie that that we were all pretty excited about and looking forward to, and we were all invested in for a number of reasons, which you know, again, we'll we'll go into um, with our review. But yeah, I think it's good that that we try and clear that that meme up a little bit so people um, get an idea of of where we come, where we're coming from, um, with regards to that as well. All right, but mm. we've all done enough, man. Let's get into the the, the actual review because there's a lot to talk about and a lot to unpack with this movie. Um, as said, I've done a, a non-spoilers review, listeners, so you, you've probably heard that by now, so I guess you know my initial thoughts on it. Um, but boys, I mean, it's the first time we've kind of sat down and talked about it as, as, as a group. So um, first of all, you know, your initial impressions without going into any kind of spoilers or anything, because we'll get into that. But, um, you know, what were your initial kind of feelings when you came out of the movie? Were they largely positive? Were they kind of somewhere in the middle? And just basically give people a sense of what you thought of it. Um, Alf, you can go first. Yeah, after seeing the movie, I, I had quite a smile on my face. Um, but also at the same time, there was like a sense of like relief as well. Um, I was just happy that it put together a great movie. Um, you know, people people clapped and loads of people waited for like the post credit scenes as well. Mm. Uh, like a high number of people because I saw it on IMAX, so a lot of people waited for that, which I was quite surprised by. Uh, and and yeah, I thought Marvel had not only pulled it off, um, but you know, confidently as well. I think Ryan Coogler pretty much handled the movie pretty well, although I think there's some things that he could have done better. Um, but Working on a movie that scale, you know, going from Creed, which was his last movie, to this, and the dude's 31 years old, like mm. directing's an old man, well, an old person's game anyway, you know what I mean? Most directors are like in their 40s and above. Mm. So for this 31 year, he's a year older than me, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? And he's made like one of the big, what's probably going to be one of the biggest movies of the year. 
you yeah. know what I mean? So I'm I'm happy for the guy. Um, obviously, Ryan, if you're listening, uh, fucking call me so I can be a Wakanda <laughs> in, in your next movie because I'd love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that 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 I can't lie, man. I mean, I love Ryan Coogler. I loved him since you know Fruitvale Station. Um, I thought he did a tremendous job with that. Um, Creed, I thought he did a tremendous job again, you know, taking a well-established and well-worn franchise and, and kind of breathed new life into it. Um, but it does make me sick that he's 31 and, <laughs> has, and is basically free for free now of his movies. Mm. Um, you know, he's made three movies and and largely been successful with all three. And it's just like, the fuck, man? Like, <laughs> you're making the rest of us look bad out here, bro. Like, you your own a little bit, you know? But, um, yeah, man, I, I, I definitely would echo that. Uh, Richie, your, your initial thoughts? Yeah, I, I loved it. Like, I, I cannot fault it. I just felt like, I, f- I felt an immense, pr- like, a, I, I keep on going back to that, to that trailer, um, the trailer review that we did. And I like how you were quite, um, quite what's it called, quite um, humble about the spot, sudden spike. In the, in the listeners to that because number one it's a freaking amazing um trailer breakdown so even if you have seen the film good listeners go and listen to it anyway um because we would we predicted quite a few things and number two the other reason why it's spiked is because it's real bro like i told you about now anything with the word black in it or panther is getting fucking attention right now black <laughs> black jack black eye black eyed peas yeah listen it's it's, it's popping up um but yeah but it you know so one of the things i said in that trailer review and it reinforced it when i saw this film is that just i I just felt proud like it it was just nice to see somebody that i can i could identify with and i'm not saying you know being a king i I don't know the kingdom that you know that that i know of but just being someone just seeing someone who who looked like me and acted and acted like me and you know I'm not saying that I'm at the same time once again, I'm not saying that I'm like T'Challa, but just being a normal just being represented in, in as a normal person, like black. I don't want to be I, I see I, I don't want to get too political, but I don't want to be portrayed as, you know, as, as a drug dealer or as like, you know, in, in in a buddy buddy cop film, but I'm the older one, so I don't really get to do any of the cool shit. Yeah, you know, I'm not throwing, I'm, not, I'm not even trying to say anything bad against Mel Gibson and leave a weapon. But Danny Glover, he could have been given a lot more cool shit to do. <laughs> but um but but it's, yeah, I just felt that that immense pride in watching Black Panther and seeing that, you know, they're from my country, hmm. and we're not starving. You know, we're not begging. We're not killing each other. There are things that they do touch upon, which they've done in a very very smart way. But it was just nice to be able to watch it and just be like, yeah, that could be me, or this is something that my son can watch or my nephew can watch, and not have to think, you know, and think like, oh man, is is this again? So I, I was, I was just overly, I was just overly happy. And once again, like you guys have said, Ryan Coogler did an amazing job. Marvel really seemed to be, have, have really seemed to have like loosened the reins on the directors now that they've entered like they, they've entered into that what the third phase of of, of the MCU because they, what they've done with um, James Gunn and Tahiki Wahiti is like they've just they've just seen these visions and they've just gone like well, did I get the name wrong? Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Hold on, let me try again. Is, is it Tiki 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 Torch, man? <laughs> <laughs> what, what are you laughing for? <laughs> tiki Tiki. You know, actually, we make fun of someone's name. Sorry if it, um, no need to um, to be rude. But um, but you but you know who I'm talking about? The because uh, I don't want to put his name again. It's Taika 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 
Taika Waititi. That's it. Um, yeah. an, another amazing director who, if you think about it, just like Ryan Coogler, all of the films that he's put out have been amazing. So they've all brought this 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 vision to it and been able and and they've done well with it. And Ryan Coogler is is you know has done the same thing. Like you said, three films out of three films. You can't, you can't, you know, and he, and he's proved, and he's proved a lot of people wrong at thirty, at thirty-one. That's that's just amazing, man. So, in front of the screen, behind the screen, it, it was just an amazing thing to be part of. Like this, to me, this is cinema history. I always say that I missed the the original release of Star Wars, which I consider cinema history. A film like Jaws, Alfred Hitchcock films, we've seen them on TV or seen them in re-releases, but we were never there for the initial reaction. The Matrix is, you know, is a fine example of watching cinema history, Titanic, cinema history, Avatar, cinema history. But this, this is another piece of cinema history, like in, in my personal opinion. And I, and I was happy to be there um, front and centre and watch it and be part of it. Cool. Cool. Yeah. No, I echo 100% everything you guys have said, man. Um, and as I pretty much said in the, you know, in my non-spoilers review, it was such an uplifting experience watching the movie and then coming out at the end. And, um, you know, for, for all the reasons that you guys have given really that it, you know, it was relief that this was a great movie, you know, that we weren't kind of being portrayed yet again as, you know, criminals or, or, or slaves or, or anything like that. We were actually, you know, they were actually showing black people with their own agency and autonomy um you know within this this incredible kingdom that um you know is is technologically advanced and is is just so rich in its culture and its history and uh it's just wonderful to see you know um so yeah man i, I said completely agree with you guys but let's get into it man let's get into the nitty-gritty of the movie so as said folks um we're going into spoiler territory this is your last warning so if if you've not seen the film at all um and you don't want parts of it spoiled for you significantly then i suggest you you get out of town now and go back and listen to the non-spoilers review but yeah man let's jump into it We're, they've had enough warning so okay um standout scenes guys was there any like specific um kind of scenes and, and things that really kind of got to you particularly or personally or, or things that you just thought wow they really pulled that off you know well from a technical point of view um is there anything that kind of jumps out at you um rich do you want to go um what you know you know who really did a really really good job in this mm. um was andy circus mm. yeah man like he he went like <laughs> you know when i say you never you know you've seen tropic thunder and they say you never go full well, you can't use that word now. We never got full retard is, is, a, is a quote from it. And like, but it looks like he just went, you know what? I'm really going to become South African and have a fucking hatred for black people. <laughs> and he grew the beard. <laughs> and he went home and he spoke to everybody in that South African accent like he didn't give a fuck. <laughs> like, <laughs> and like, and he was good in Age of Ultron in, a, in that small, brief, brief little cameo. But in this one, they really allowed him to chew up the scenes. Like really, really allowed to chew up the scenes and ham it up. And, um, but in such a way that he seemed still seemed quite threatening, um, and yeah, so so I mean he, he was great. Um, was, there a, Michael, was there a specific scene with him that you you kind of felt was like yeah, this is a scene that that, that stood out for me? Uh, when, when he when, well, basically when he was captured, when he when he was captured, um, uh, when when he gets captured and, and they're interrogating him, 
that bit where like he's just trying to play it calm trying to play it calm and you can see that that frustration kicks in then there's a bit where he kind of tries to break the chains um to see if he can break free but he realizes he's, he scares martin freeman and he's like i may not have broken free but you know what i've just made you shit yourself a little bit that was good and the open scene when they robbed the museum mm. and the whole thing where he talks about why did he let that guy run away and he's like no you got to let it you know, you got to let, let the body spread out a little bit, so it looks like a bit more of a struggle, so it doesn't look too, you know, you know, you know too set up. That's some calculated evil shit right there, mm. and he just said it so calm, like like it's business, and I like that. I do, I do like that. I mean, like I said, there's a couple of other characters I could talk about, but there's three of us here, so you know, I know one of you is going to say at least, but I, so, but I'll go with Andy Circus character because, you know, he he was he was definitely you know a very very good portrayal in in the in the, in the film. Well, we'll get to the characters anyway, so um, mm. don't worry. We'll, we'll get plenty of time to talk about the the characters in depth. Um, but Alvin, yeah, for you, man, um, was there any specific kind of scene that, that stood out in particular um, that that really kind of you know resonated with you in any way? Uh, yeah, there's, there's two really. Um, being the casino mm. uh, once everything kind of kicks off there, uh, because before it, like when we had the waterfall scene, I like I really liked all that stuff um although it was a bit overly long especially since it's foreshadowing i usually expect foreshadowing to be much shorter uh than that but um but what i liked about the waterfall stuff was like just literally the use of color because usually marvel films although interesting and there's a few standouts like with guardians of the galaxy and uh, <coughs> ragnarok as well uh the color grading is normally quite samey Mm. Whereas this was mm. just like so vibrant, it was just like so wicked to look at. Uh, but then also the casino as well. Um, the 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 waterfall scenes, I didn't particularly like the way the fighting was done. It wasn't that great. Uh, I think Ryan Coogler can film fighting much better. Um, and so yeah, I was waiting for kind of like more action to take place. And when things started kicking off in the casino, that's when it really started to deliver for me. Like when you had like the shots of um, like Akei with the with the staff and all that kind of business. And then you had like T'Challa like jumping onto like the balcony and all that kind of business. And it was all in one take. That's where I was like, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm totally on board with the action now. Uh, so yeah, that, that was um, that was a part for me where I was like, yeah, we are in in the territory of goodness here and it's, and it's climbing upwards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hate yeah, you I hate with that, man. Um, I think for me personally, probably the standout scene would have been um, the opening scene, funnily enough, um, which was with uh, the uh, Killmonger and his father, uh, Njobu, and um, Prince T'Chaka, sorry, King T'Chaka. That opening scene was really, really clever because what it does is it, it kind of immediately contextualized what we were about to kind of see in a sense that it gave us straight away an impression of um where this film is kind of coming or coming from what the the plot i mean even though the plot details are are, are slightly different it it gives you a sense of what the overarching story is about which is about you know um legacy um i mean this this film is about many things and, and we'll go through all of that but one of the key things it is about is legacy and um in particular you know the legacy of parents and and what legacy they hand down to their children and how their children deal with that legacy um and yeah that opening scene i mean when you first meet the the dora malaji and then king tachaka um 
you know the the colors and and that are used in the costumes that they wear even though it was is it was just a brief kind of taste kind of completely sets you up for what this this film is about i mean i think the the two door melage that that we first meet are dressed in like red dresses i think yeah um, and they've got their tribal spears with them um and then tachaka is wearing the black panther outfit but he's also got um the uh, traditional king sash um around his shoulder as well and like yeah as, as alvin said the colors just really pop um and as you said earlier rich you know they've they've really kind of allowed uh directors to have more of a vision now um marvel in terms of what they're doing with their stories visually and how they're telling them um because before you know the color palettes were were quite dull but now it's it's a really really vibrant um kind of color scheme that you get and that opening scene i mean the way that it, it unfolds as well and and what you find out um you know they give you a little tease of information but then it pays off um halfway through the film uh, and we'll get to the to that point but it's just brilliantly done um and it's got sterling k brown in it as well who's who's just a terrific actor like he's he's so talented i mean um i'm a big fan of his after i saw him in um the uh oj simpson story um and yeah he he nails it here like his part is very very small in this film but you know for all the seasons that he's given he's he's fantastic in it so um for me that opening scene was the one that that kind of always sort of sticks with me really and and, and leaves kind of a lump in my throat because it's like oh boy this this is not you know your typical um kind of comic book movie in a sense that you're going to get an introduction to the character and this is how he got his powers and da, 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 da. no we're going to set up our story straight away from from here you know um, so yeah, for me, that was the the scene that really kind of did it. But seeing as you guys kind of touched on characters already, we might as well jump straight into the characters. So um, mm. what did you guys think about sort of standout characters? I mean, who who were the people that um, kind of stood out for you? Rich, you already mentioned uh, Ulysses Claw. Um, mm. <clears throat> who else was there in, in the cast that, that really kind of stood out to you? Uh, like I said, I'm, I'm not going to go for the obvious because there's three of us here. But um, but but uh, Everett K. Ross, like mm. I'm, I'm really, I'm really just trying to touch upon things that some people might have forgotten because they've been caught up in how how good it is. But Everett K. Ross, I like that. I like, I like the way how Martin Freeman portrayed him. Um, like he, he's obviously, see, I'm trying to, say, he's obviously he portrays a man who who's quite educated and and quite good at his job, but then at the same time, the mistakes that he makes are are mistakes that we've probably even encountered in life anyway so the best way to put it is that without trying to like without trying to like you know like go to go too far but when you watch a film like get out so i remember somebody saying that get out wasn't really a horror film so to speak and i was like yeah well you know what you've never been in a room where people have said hey but you must be fast because you're black that's a fucking horror that's a fucking horror film for me right there bro just being mm -hmm. pointed out and you know and the ignorance um and not 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 on purpose either like when it's when it's by accident that's that's even worse you know like it makes you feel even worse because you don't want to you know you don't want to um correct that person but there were bits where you see um, um agent ross and you know when he when he's interacting with the wakandans and he's making certain mistakes and you're just like fuck he's playing it so well and he's and <clears throat> and he weren't just portraying him in like the normal hey you're a white man you don't know shit he was learning shit and you could see him evolving as a character which 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 i really enjoyed um and for the first time 
since he's been, you know, since we've seen him in Civil War, you saw him earn his stripes and you find out the reason why he's good at what he does, you know, in the field. So you find out he's a crack shot pilot. Um, you find out that, you know, he's pretty handy in a fist fight as well. And, and you know, and he, and, he, and he knows his shit. So I like the way how they kind of worked him into it um, as, as like a little side character. So, yeah, I, I was quite happy with it, with his portrayal. They used him very wisely as well, yeah. which was which was I thought was really clever because, um, you know, there, there was a danger that he could have been um, too much of a savior almost. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. In this film where, you know, it's like, oh, we've got to turn to, you know, the CIA American agent to help us. Yeah. And, yeah. But yeah. they don't. What they do is they use him, um, as you said, as somebody who <laughs> helps to uh, kind of propel the story forward. Mm. Um and has his own little kind of mini arc in, in the movie anyway, because he starts out one way and he, and by the end of the movie, he's, he's, you know, he's a changed person because mm. of his experiences. So even though he, he isn't, um, you know, even though he isn't a major, major character, he still has that arc. And, um, you know, I remember saying with you, Rich, that was one of the things that that's kind of floored me about this movie is mm. how, well-written it, it feels to me in terms of the characters and and the fact that they've managed to give you know multiple characters their own story arc their own beginning middle and end yeah um, and that's something that is sometimes rare in in big budget you know movies like this because um you've got to try and juggle so many different things at, at once in terms of you know the the plot and and the main character and then you're trying to you know kind of do a bit of exposition as well and you mm. know it, it's hard to kind of fit all of that in but somehow in this movie they've managed to do that they've managed to give everybody um enough to do so that they're all kind of there for a reason mm. um and yeah he he was definitely very good i mean uh, martin freeman you know he's always a, a watchable actor in in whatever he does and um he brings a lot of that to, to everett ross as well and and as you said, he kind of um, is a guy who, you know, is very skilled, but he kind of makes mistakes and he has his own misconceptions that, that are busted throughout the film. And ultimately he becomes um, a different person at the end. You know? mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, it's fascinating. But, well, what the thing is, so, so the, the, well, the thing what I was going to say is that, and they've done it with a couple of other Marvel movies as well. Um, I, I mean, probably the most... Probably the most like blatant example would be like, would be like Captain America, um, the Winter Soldier. But um, you could even say that T'Challa is, is, is an actual manifestation of Wakanda and how they should be perceived. And, and, and Everett K. Ross, he, he represents the outside world. And it's that whole thing of like, you know, well, you know, the bit when he's talking to um, Ulysses Claw and Ulysses Claw say, you know, do you know what Wakanda is? And Ross goes, yeah, it's this, this and that, blah, 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 blah. And even though he kind of knows it's a bit odd, he doesn't know how far advanced this, you know, this, you know, Wakanda is. So there's still that ignorance. And it's only when he gets to know T'Challa and through knowing T'Challa is how he kind of knows, he gets to know Wakanda. So it's almost like at the end, when you see T'Challa do the, the announcement and, and, you know, and expose himself to the world, well, expose, expose himself and Wakanda to the world. And that guy who he's talking to basically says, well, you know what, you know, what, what can you give to us? You know, is that, is that whole thing of like, once again, it goes down to stereotype and that's what I like. So it's like, even though he doesn't have like a major, major part in it, like you said, the way how they use him wisely, he's, is almost like he is the, 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 the eyes for the outside world that doesn't know what this place really is. So come by the end, when you see him earn T'Challa's respect and, and vice versa, it works. 
and that's the reason why that's the reason why I think he's used this in such a good way, and that's the reason why I do like his arc. Hmm. Hmm. Oh, sorry, but sorry, carry on. <laughs> no, 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 that's all good, man. That's all good. Um, Alvin, how about you, man? Was there any like uh, particular character or characters who stood out for you aside from Killmonger? Because we're gonna yeah. we're gonna get to him, but um, yeah, was there anybody in 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 there that that you really kind of identified with? Yeah, for me, uh, well, it's not that I necessarily identified with them. It's just that I found them hilarious, uh, mm. and I wanted to see more of them. Uh, and that was uh, Mbaku, who uh, mm. who in the comics is uh, originally called uh, Manape, mm. uh, which in this film they obviously left out because it w- it would cause too much of a ruckus. Mm. Although uh, in Avengers Earth Earth's Mightiest Heroes, which is a cartoon from like eight years ago, I think um, eight seven years ago. Mm. They actually still called him Manape. Um, so I don't know as to why you can do that in a cartoon, but not in a live action movie. But anyway, yeah, Winston Duku played uh, Mbaku, man. Like when you first see him, obviously he has the fight on the waterfall and whatnot, and it went predictably as I expected, and obviously him being a bit of an antagonist. Uh, and then, yeah, when he shows up later on in the movie, he's the exact same stubborn character, uh, but the scenario he's in. Uh, allows him to be uh, extremely funny hmm. uh, and it it's none of that cringe funny it's none of that kind of oh, I knew that joke was coming funny it, it's just the funniest lines that hmm. like kind of just come out of nowhere that you you just I, I I had to laugh out loud like when he showed up uh just because it, it was <laughs> just the stuff that he says I mean although we're in spoilers I don't want to repeat the stuff just because it's like <laughs> the film does it much better than I could ever say it you know what I mean and explain it but um but yeah I hope he's uh a sequel should be coming I reckon totally uh and it, I hope Mbaku is uh is kind of in it a bit more uh just because I is is well just heavily underused and I think he could be he could do I'd like to see that character like in the outside world <laughs> like for the first time <laughs> like, i'd like to see his own splash movie that's what i want to see yeah um because he's, he's that good but uh i'll be another young guy like uh winston duke who plays him he's he's only 31 <laughs> you know what i mean again a year younger than me and like he's given this wicked performance and it made him look fucking huge as well which was insane but yeah mm. i really like that character mm-hmm yeah man for sure like winston duke again if you're listening big up your chest man because boy he, <laughs> he was definitely one of my mvps i mean the, for me there were so many characters that I, I i really really liked i mean you guys talked about um claw and uh, everett ross um you know who who were both likable characters um and baku was was unexpectedly hilarious for me i didn't expect him to be as funny as he was um and yeah i mean <laughs> The, the the lines that he got were were fantastic fantastic and the delivery is fantastic as well because he's got a really commanding voice mm. when he raises his voice so that that scene at warrior falls when you know they first arrive and they're both cut and um his tribe are kind of all sort of chanting oh, 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 you know and it, it it feels like really intimidated it makes you feel like wow these guys have arrived and then this big dude wearing the, this you know this um ceremonial mask walks out from the cave and you're like, oh crap! Like, you know, shit's about to get serious. And um, you know, he commands that that whole scene perfectly. Um, he looks to me like a guy who's who's definitely going to be going places. Um, so yeah, I would be surprised if he if he doesn't have a big part in the uh, sequel, the inevitable sequel. Now, um, but yeah, I'd be really shocked. But um, some of the others for me, uh, Shuri as well, uh, played by Letitia Wright. Um, 
she was fantastic. Um, she's so good. I mean, she's been good since like Top Boy. I mean, I don't know if you lot remember Top Boy, but yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah. She was in Top Boy, and um, I remember her because she stood out in that as well. Um, and this was, you know, years ago. And then when she popped up again in Black Mirror recently, um, in the penultimate episode, and she's fantastic in that as well. And um, in this one, you know, she's got a very different character to play, but but she does it uh, superbly. Like, again, you know, really, really funny character. She's given some of the best lines in, in the movie, um, really, for me. Um, the line about sneakers was was the one that killed me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know why, but it just, it just absolutely killed me. <laughs> like, um, but yeah, you know, she, she really kind of, um, again, has tremendous sort of presence and, and delivers um, on that. And I hope we get to see a lot more of, of Shuri going forward. Um, quickly also, uh, Okoye, played by Denai Gurria, um, a.k.a. Michonne, to, to those of The Walking Dead parish who, who know that show. Um, again, brilliant, just absolutely brilliant. Like, I, after watching that movie, I was like, listen, whatever The Walking Dead is paying her now, if they want her to come back, they need to double it. Yeah, <laughs> because yeah, that's yeah. that that is a star making performance. Like that is how you announce yourself and say, "Yeah, I'm a star. Look at me. Look at what I can do. Look at how I can command the screen. Look at uh, you know at, at the skill set that I have." Like she she ain't gonna be going back for no like no pocket change or to be paid less than <laughs> fucking Andrew Lincoln and them man. No, no, not at all. Like if you pay me the same as them. Or I'll just go to Marvel and Marvel will put me in whatever movie they want to put me in. She's already in um, Infinity War. So, mm. like, you know, she's, she's, <laughs> they're obviously quite high up on her and, and are keen to put her in, in other movies as well. So, you know, like, yeah, step your game up there, AMC boy. <laughs> step your game up. <laughs> but um, yeah, to me, she was fantastic. I mean, she felt like a real leader, you know, and, and the Dora Malaji, I mean, we'll, we'll get to the Dora Malaji, but. Um, you know, she, she felt like a, a worthy leader of, of that tribe of, um, or, or that group rather of warrior women. Um, yeah, she was just brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Um, and who else can I mention? I mean, everybody's really solid. I mean, even though they've got smaller roles, uh, Forrest Whitaker's fine. Um, Angela Bassett is, is solid in, in her position. Again, it's a smaller role, but she does it well. Um, you know, everyone kind of, has has their role oh and daniel kalua as um wakabi as well he's mm. good you know i hated his character like the i've seen the movie three times now and <laughs> and i'm sorry for listening bro I, i've got a lot of love for you man but wakabi's an arsehole bro he's a he's a fucking mm-hmm. really is like he pisses me off he had a point he had a point <laughs> he, he had a point but it's just kind of it's the disloyalty in it like to me <laughs> that's true kind of like you know, um, for those that don't know, listeners, you know, there's a, a certain point in the movie where um, events kind of unfold and Wakabi um, kind of holds T'Challa personally responsible for um, Ulysses Claw getting away. Um, and as a result of that, makes a number of decisions that that put, you know, the, the kingdom in jeopardy pretty much. Um and yeah, yeah, I, I hated him. I mean, when, <laughs> when I watched the film the third uh, on the third occasion, I, somebody sitting behind me was like, "This fucking guy!" When he came back on the screen, <laughs> and then like the person next to them was like, "What's the problem?" It's like he's a snake. He's a fucking snake. <laughs> like, yeah, he, he um, 
yeah, he almost cost them big time in that movie. But he does a great job, man. Um, and you know, I'm I'm really proud of him. I'm always proud to see people from our ends doing well. Um, you know, especially in in Hollywood. So yeah, big up to him as well, man. Um, was there anybody else you lot wanted to add on before we move on? No, I, th- I think I think you pretty much covered it. We've we've, we've all pretty much covered it with the people you yeah. started it. Yeah. Cool, cool. All right. Well, let's move on. Um, so yeah, I mean, major spoiler here, listeners. So again, spoiler alert. Um, but were you guys surprised that Ulysses Claw was killed? Yep. <laughs> totally. Because <laughs> I was. I was oh, like, what the hell? <laughs> definitely. Because yeah, when, yeah. I, when I was there, I was watching it, and then uh, when it when when that whole kind of skirmish kind of scuffle happened. Hmm. And the gun got pulled. I was like, "Oh, surely he's surely he's not dead." And obviously, hmm. a few scenes later, you just see his body being dragged in a bag and then opened up. And I'm like, "Shit, he was really hmm. good, though. He was a really good <laughs> villain." What what I want to happen is if they do a sequel, I want a flashback to uh, kind of him earlier trying to like invade Wakanda and get vibranium um, and see him see him younger. But obviously, have Andy Serkis play him because obviously they can do a bit of fucking CGI on him. And uh, and probably have some a few flashbacks here and there, or on some shit like that at some point, just because it's just so it was so good. And for them to kind of like flip the script on us and go, no, he's not the real villain of the piece. Killmonger is. That was that was mm. quite good. It kept me on my toes, and I and I and I like I like it, but I miss Claw. Mm-hmm. Rich, did you see the writing on the wall for Claw, or did you think he was going to make it out? <clears throat> I, I thought he was going to make it out, and then that bit when the shootout happened. I did kind of think to myself, you know what? Maybe, maybe he might survive. And then I was like, no, nah, no, nah, they're going to kill him. But then I didn't think they were going to do it. Mm. Like, like at, the, at that point, like if you know what it felt like, it felt like the bit in um, the Force Awakens, where like you see Han Solo and he's talking to Kylo Ren, and you're like, shit, he's going to kill him. And like they ain't got the balls to kill him. They ain't got the balls to kill him off. This is Han fucking holy shit. <laughs> and then and then the latest time it goes for him. So so that's what it felt like. So. It was literally like, as I'm watching that scene, it was so, so well shot that I literally just kept on flirting between emotions as to whether they were going to do it and when and, when, and if they weren't. But I remember, I, I don't know if you remember, Jay, like when they killed him, I remember it turned to him and like, bro, that was kind of harsh, bro. <laughs> 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 like, like, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, as I said, I was just kind of like, oh, wow, like, they mm. actually did it. Like, yeah. I was kind of shocked because, um, you know, for those of you that don't know, listeners, um, Ulysses Claw is, is quite an important villain in in um, the Black Panther comics uh, history. And um, even though, you know, he's been killed off many times, he usually always kind of comes back. I mean, at one point he was, um, he was like pure sonic energy, right? Or something like that. Like he was well, wondering... well, that's what he is. He is pure sonic energy. Yeah, he's pure sonic yeah. energy now, right? Mm. So, yeah. So, um, you know, he, he always is like an ever present in um, the, the Black Panther mythology. So the way that whole kind of scene goes down, you're, you're kind of like, OK, we're just getting another exposition scene where they're going to explain the next part of the plan and da, 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 da. And then next thing you know, guns are pulled and, and shots are firing and you're like, what the hell? But what it actually did was it helped to kind of cement um, Killmonger. And yeah. seeing as we're here, we might as well talk about him next because, um, mm. you know, for, for Killmonger, a lot of people who, who've come out of the movie and have seen it and, you know, film critics and, and people who are, who are pop culture nerds are saying that Killmonger, in, in their opinion, is the best villain um, that the MCU has produced. 
Um, so I just wanted to ask you guys what you thought, basically, where you think he ranks on on the scale of MCU villains. Is he near the top? Is he kind of in the middle or, or somewhere below? Um, and I guess that can start a conversation about his whole philosophy as well, because it's it's quite interesting, kind of um, the way that, that that's been done. But um, yeah, uh, Richie, you can go first, man. Um, it's weird because he's easily one of the best Marvel supervillains but it's weird because he can't be reused. That's the thing. So I'm not sure if that's a good thing or if that's a bad thing. I mean, he, I mean, he, de he definitely, like, he's definitely up there as like a villain. I think the majority of Marvel villains that we've had have been kind of throwaway. There's been a few that, that me personally, that I always go back to and people seem to forget. Like, for example, Obadiah Stane from, from Iron Man 1. Like he he's just a mean fucker. Like he's just me, like he's mean. You know what I mean? Like um like the shit that he does, the way the the stuff that he's prepared to do, is just it's just bullshit. Considering that it's all for money, so I consider him like a quite a good villain as well, um, because he he could gladly stand in front of like Tony Stark's face and, and chat shit while he's trying to kill him from you know from from behind. Um, so he so there's a certain amount of, of like a reusability that you could have with that type of character, um. The thing about somebody like Killmonger is that I think the reason why you could say he's probably one of the best villains is because his death still leaves a lasting impact. Sorry if I've just spoiled it for people that haven't seen it, but like we said, this is a spoiler spoiler review. But like his death and everything that he does before his death is just so poignant in making T'Challa become the man and the king that he's meant to be to lead this country. That yeah. that is fucking worth it. And like and and to me, he, he's basically. Everything that they did with Loki before Loki became a caricature of himself and, you know, and everybody loves, you know, now loves Loki. It's like, oh my God, yeah, I can't wait to see Loki in the next one. Like, he's basically Loki gone full way, all the way to the badness. And, and I like that. And we, we haven't had that type of villain in the Marvel Universe, if not ever, then, then for a long time. Everybody's kind of basically like, ah, you know what? You know, we're just a bad guy. We want to take over the world and, and do whatever. Like th this guy really, really wanted to do it. And he had like the perfect reason to do it as well. And it, 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 that was just amazing. Like I, I'm really, it was, it was, it was almost like he was too much of an adult supervillain for this type of film, considering that it's based in a, in a comic book based in a comic book world, um, comic book world universe. You know what I mean? But, um, yeah, I but I loved him as I loved him as a as a character, and um and he had he had a point. You've got mm. those t-shirts going around saying that Magneto was right. Um, I'm just waiting for one to say that Killmonger was right. I mean, granted, hey. this is yeah. They already out, bro. <laughs> like, I don't know if you've seen social media. People already rocking <laughs> that shit. Like <laughs> already. But yeah, yeah, I definitely hear you, man. Um, Alf, how about you, man? Uh, what what did you think of the Killmonger character, and where do you think he kind of ranks alongside other? MCU villains. He ranks pretty damn high for me just because he's one of the deepest kind of villains because bef before kind of like I'd obviously do the big reveal, um, you know, you, you, you just thought he was just a guy, a guy who may have known about, who knew about obviously Wakanda, but you didn't know how. Uh, and then, yeah, when, when they kind of tie it back to kind of like the opening scene uh, and you kind of see, see how all that went down from his point of view, and you realize that we're introduced to his character at the beginning of the movie, like looking up at that ship, like leave the uh, the apartment complex. It, it just meant so much more because, like <laughs> I'm saying, it's, it's more than, 
oh, I want to take over the world because I'm evil. It's 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 multi-layered. It's to do with like he feels betrayed by who he thought were his own people. Mm. And you know, he's grew up in the States, so he's not quite the same of them. And he can kind of see the culture clash between uh kind of his American upbringing and and Wakanda when he's in the throne room and like just the, his demeanor and the way he's talking to everyone isn't the same as the sophistication that like the Wakandans have for their culture and order um, and all that kind of stuff. So it, it, it kind of like a left thinking like about, like, I know it sounds like woke or whatever, but like what it, the, there's different kinds of blackness in it. You know yeah. what I mean? It's not all one, one, it's not all the same. It's not all one and that's fine. You know what I mean? And it and it's all that like having a connection to a place that you've never been to before and all that kind of stuff. And it's because Killmonger does have a connection to Wakanda. Like mm. you yeah. know, he he marks himself uh, for every kill that he's made and stuff like that. Uh, and that is actual an actual real uh, African thing. I've forgotten where from, uh, but he does have a connection to Africa at least. Mm. Um, but it, he's not he's not the same. But he's, diff he's different, and it was all that kind of stuff that made me just go, "Ah, oh, this is so deep. This is like Shakespeare stuff because it's like someone who's betrayed. He's betrayed by his not only his own people, but someone he's like directly related to, and then he comes back to take over the kingdom. That's like classic Greek tragedy and all that kind of stuff. And and I, mm. that's what got me thinking. Like anybody can watch this fucking movie and get it. Yeah. You could you could take that script and put it wherever. I don't know. You could put it in like old school ancient china or whatever and you you could have the exact stack, exact story and it'd still be dope you know what i mean mm. so you but uh, yeah going back to the point yeah killmonger is definitely one of the most complex and i think because of that he is one of the best because he he literally has a real motivation that you can kind of uh, uh sympathize empathize with he's a mm. bit like vulture because mm. vulture he he just wanted to keep his wife and kid like you know uh safe and like earn money for them he didn't want to be poor and he didn't want to get screwed over by the man you can you can kind of go I, I see why he stole all that shit. and it's the same thing here you kind of go well he was betrayed by his own family he's only kind of really going for what's rightfully his but what he wants to do with those weapons is is wrong you can't do that mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, you guys kind of hit the nail on the head there. I mean, the 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 beautiful thing about that character and and why he's such a, a resonant um, villain is complexity, you know, and mm. and the shades of grey that that come along with him. Um, and also, I think what I loved about it as well is the impact he had on T'Challa, um, on the fact that that he makes T'Challa question everything that he, you know, he literally has to question everything that he's been taught by his father, by his people, um, every belief that he's held growing up, you know, he has to sit there and think shit like, you know, I didn't know this. I didn't know any of this. Like, how do I deal with this now? You know, it presents a clear problem for him. What, what does he do going forward? Um, and it's really, really just, yeah, it's just so meaty. Um, and Michael B. Jordan, I mean, he's, he's been a, an actor who's been rising and rising and rising for a couple of years now. Um, and even with that horrible Fantastic Four film, you know, it it, it pleases me so much that he's been able to, to keep going <laughs> after that um, because it could have, like, killed his career. But, you know, he's, he's just too good for that, really. He's yeah. too good an actor for that. He, he you know, he, he walks above 
that kind of <laughs> that kind of mess. So yeah, Van Forstick can can stick itself where the, the sun don't shine, fra- frankly. But but um, cool. yeah, he he just it's the complexity of him that that really kind of makes him stand out to me. And for me, he he is um, definitely one of the best, if not the best. Um, you know, you, I suppose it's a coin toss between it, whether it's between him or, or Loki for me personally. Mm. Um, but he's he's definitely up there, you know, um, definitely up there. Uh, well, yeah, go. Oh, on. So, yeah, no, because I, I was going to say, what well, well, the thing is, is that it's like it's it's just that sadness because, like you mm. said, that they're both like you look at T'Challa and you, and you look at like um and you look at um. Killmonger, and they just—they're just two sides of the two different sides of the same coin. Mm-hmm. It's like they're—they're they're both from a particular place, but one's been raised in one place, one one's been raised in another, and they're both privy to information, but one person doesn't know about it. You, you understand what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. Killmonger, basically, he knows everything about Wakanda, but yet he's a bastard son. You know that—that's it. And so it's almost like when he comes to take over Wakanda, he's been—he's—you he, know—he's. As much as he has that, that that attachment and that 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 deep strong those deep strong ties to Wakanda, he's still an outsider no matter what. So if you think about it, the first thing he does when he comes in is like he's like, okay, cool, listen, I'm gonna change it to be my way. So that's so like, and it's just the weirdest thing because you look at like on the other side, you've got T'Challa who actually doesn't know what to do. And and I found that fascinating. Like you said, there's that whole thing of like he, he is a great man. His father tells him in, in Civil War, like, you know, you're a great man, but you know, it, it takes a lot to be a king because they're, they're two very, very different things. Just don't think because you're one, you can be the other. Yeah. You have to you have to rise above above one thing to, you know, to become really, really great. And then you look at somebody like like, you know, like I said, like Killmonger, and the first thing he wants to do is just make everything in his image. Because as much as he feels a tie to this, he will never be one of them. That that's it. Like you know, the the pain, the, the pain and the hate and the anger and and the distance and the time that he hasn't had with these people, it, it can never be. It can never be rectified. It can it can never be fixed. And I love that. Like you know, like you know, when you're saying Jay about you know, Killmonger shows the error of T'Chaka, shows the errors of what T'Chaka has done. And like I said, T'Chaka represents Wakanda. Um, and the same way how when he passes how T'Challa represents Wakanda and um and he shows him the errors of how things have to move forward so and, and like I said so like yeah so even just thinking of him as a character or thinking of them as characters they're, they're not just people they represent things bigger than them mm. and um and so when you see the changes happen it, it really it, you, you really fucking feel it and like I said the, the closest thing I could probably compare this to is is Captain America um the Winter Soldier like you know, like you've got the Winter Soldier, like Winter Soldier, like Captain America represents the United States, you know, you know, by everything that you know, the Trump era and all of that stuff. He represents the United States, and this place that he wholeheartedly believes in, you know, he finds out they're basically they're trying to fuck everybody. So that's so like everything that he that he's built himself upon and that he represents, and he's almost like a child of this parents. He now has to cut ties with this person and decide to go, you know, and go on his own thing. And that, and that's the same thing that you know you, you you find T'Challa having to do, and you find Eric Killmonger trying to do when he gets hold of of, um, of Wakanda. So um, yeah, it's like like you said, Arvin, it's is fucking Shakespearean. Like just talking about it is making my heart just pound, man. So yeah, I'm getting quite emotional. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah, man, Killmonger, he's he's definitely um, a, a character that I think. 
we maybe haven't seen the last of, but we'll we'll get we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Um, all right, uh, let's get to um, kind of the negatives of the movie or the things that that didn't quite uh, kind of work for us um, as fans. Um, I'll go first because I suspect my list is going to be a lot shorter than you lots um, because really that I've seen the movie now as said three times and. The only thing that that kind of really stands out to me as a, as a disappointment is um, the way that certain action scenes are handled and uh, the, the use of CGI. Um, for the most part, the CGI in, in this movie is really good, um, especially with you know some of uh, the scenes of characters within Wakanda and and some of the sets and things like that. Some of those are absolutely amazing. Um, but some of the, the the action sequences are difficult to follow at times, particularly one quite early on, um, which is shot at night and in darkness. Um, and it becomes really hard to kind of tell exactly what is happening in certain scenes, unless you've got a really good cinema with a really good projector. Um, and that was kind of disappointing. And also towards the end as well, the confrontation between um, Killmonger and T'Challa uh, in the Vibranium Mines. Um, the CGI in that scene is is very kind of rubbery and bouncy. There's not really a, a sense of physics, which, which is an odd thing to say about a, a movie that features, you know, superpowered people flying around. But um, it's something we've kind of touched upon a lot with um, our MCU reviews recently is, is that sometimes there's certain scenes where you just don't really get a sense of a, of a real threat, you know, because of the, the use of CGI and, and it's understandable, you know, to a certain extent they have to do it because of the nature of the type of story that they're telling, but um, it just kind of, yeah, it just kind of feels unrealistic, which again, seems like a weird statement to make about a movie like this, but yeah, it was it was kind of disappointing the way that that was handled. Um, Hollywood has this over pretend uh, this this is kind of over reliance, I guess is the best way to put it, on sort of filming these scenes really close up. Um, I don't know if it's because they're trying to cover up for like stunt people, but in this case, as I said, it was CGI, so I don't really understand why there was a need to do that. But they film some of the fight scenes very close up. And the problem with that is, again, you can't really see what people are doing. Um, and the one thing that you want the audience to do is to be able to see, you know, what is happening with these characters and and how are they reacting to the, the circumstances that they're in? What are they doing, you know? Um, and it becomes really unclear, as said, at certain points, you know. Um, aside from that, that's probably it for me, really. I mean, there, there are, um, you know, I, I read online that some people wanted more Killmonger and they weren't happy that he kind of disappears for, for part of the film. Um, but to me, I think, again, having watched it multiple times now, I, I couldn't really think of a scene that I would cut out to say, okay, you can put Killmonger in this scene and put him doing, you know, something else here because each of the scenes in, in that middle period, even though they're not, you know, they're not fast paced action scenes, they all have a point. Um, and they're all trying to tell you something either about T'Challa's state of mind and what he's having to deal with or what the other characters are, are having to do in order to to kind of rectify, a, you know, a situation that's lost. So um, for me, yeah, probably like sort of the, 
some of the action and the CGI. But um, for you two guys, um, what were kind of the, the things that didn't quite work for you in this movie? Um, Alv, you can go first if you want. Yeah, some of the uh, fight choreography and some of the, uh, the the way the actual fighting was shot, like how you said that big scene at the beginning, uh, where it was, it was quite difficult to see as to what was going on. All you could see was people flying about. Um, also, like, yeah, the waterfall. Um, I like that scene, but again, it's like everything was quite choppy. And I really wanted to kind of see that they're, they're obviously taking kind of like a tribal martial arts uh, kind of fighting style that I wanted to, to actually see, but you, could, you couldn't see a lot of it just because it would cut to a next shot when, when stuff were happening. And, and like you said, it, it, it shot kind of like very close, which is really weird because if you see Creed, Kugler's really confident at shooting fight scenes in Creed. Mm, mm. And he does them well. So I don't know as to why he couldn't translate that to this movie. I've heard things saying it's because he normally works on 60 millimeter film and this film wasn't shot on 60 millimeter, apparently. Yeah, um, it was all digital, I think, because um, I think Disney do all their stuff on digital now. So so he mustn't be used to the format. I can only assume and, and found it difficult to kind of um, kind of get there with uh, director of photography, maybe, or maybe not. Who knows? Um, but... But he got into his stride later on. Um, but uh, but yeah, that 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 always hurts me a little bit. Um, but like I said, it did get better. <clears throat> and like you said, also the uh, the CGI as well towards the end. I'm not even gonna lie, like that fight when it first kicked off, I was, was kind of into it. Um, and then once they you know jumped down into the mine, I kind of switched off a little bit because I knew it was just a CGI fight. Mm. Um, and I wish. They, because the new suit that they gave him was cooler and and everything, but it was just a bit too much for me. Like mm. just him in this, him in the suit that he had was enough. Yeah, maybe like give him a nanite helmet so he can I don't know give it two quick taps on his head and then it goes over his face or whatever. But for the whole suit to kind of be like that, and you know that new power of uh, absorbing kinetic energy, although it was fucking cool to see. It's like, well, where's the limit? You know mm. what I mean? It's like, what's the point now? And I could just stand there and just wait for loads of bullets to hit him and then, you know, give someone a, a pulse of sound or whatever, a sound wave. Mm. And it's just kind of like, eh. But uh, but other than that, I think story-wise, it, it was completely sound. The only other thing I'd change, actually, is the waterfall scene. I wouldn't even foreshadow it. I'd have uh, Killmonger's arrival coincide with the ceremony. So just before it, like a day before he arrives, oh, right. okay. has a legitimate challenge to the throne because therefore everyone can see T'Challa die or, or fail. And therefore everyone will be shocked because uh, we don't get to see from like ground level normal people in Wakanda and what their reactions are to, to having a new king. So hmm. I, I'd like that scene actually not to take place there and take place later on in the movie. Um, just because it can be easily explained. It, it, I don't think it needed to be foreshadowed. And also, I already know about that shit from the comics anyway, so it's just like, I already know this shit. So it was just like, wait, it was a lot of waiting because like a lot of the introduction I, I already know about, but I get I get, I get, get that it's for, obviously you need to keep people um, who don't know anything whatsoever on board, so they had to kind of reiterate a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Also, man, you know why he's got a new suit, bro? They got to sell toys, man. <laughs> yeah. this is this is disney bro <laughs> got make that money <laughs> listen they need toys they need masks they need the whole lot so change that shit 
<laughs> but yeah, yeah, no, I hear you, man. I hear you. I hear you. Um, Rich, how about you, bro? Was there anything that kind of stood out as not quite working for you? Yeah, I think probably. I mean, basically, what what you guys have said. Um, the action. You you guys listen. You guys know I love my martial arts as well, isn't it? So, <clears throat> so obviously, like we were following. Um, well, trying to follow his, his training, well, Chadwick's training regime and choreography on, on social media. And um, one of the guys that he was training with was, uh, was Maurice Crump, uh, who, who's a uh, well, martial artist and, he, and he's a choreographer as well and, and, and a trainer. So I, wanted, I just wanted to see more T'Challa to see what he's capable of doing. Because if anything, he, he's meant to be the equivalent of you know, of Captain America and a Winter Soldier and, you know, and, you know, to a sense, um, the Black Widow. And I, I never really got, I never really got a feel for that, that he was, I never felt that he was, he was dangerous. Like, you know, like he steps into the place and when he starts putting hands on people, he, he really starts, you know, starts, you know, for, excuse my language, but fucking shit up. You know, it, it, I, I was waiting for that Winter Soldier type of moment. And it doesn't necessarily even have to be the bit at the beginning where Captain America is just running through that boat and just decimating people. Yeah. Uh, you know, like, yeah, yeah, it didn't, it didn't even have to be that. But I wanted something at least to show that he is, you know, this guy's capable of handling himself because the way how it was kind of portrayed in that casino scene, it was okay. But then I wasn't blown away. I was more blown away by the Dora Milaje, who, who like, and, and like you said, and the thing is, the way how it was shot with T'Challa, it, it's weird. I'm not sure, because I don't want to try and start any form of rumours, but I'm not sure if they didn't have enough faith in Chadwick. I know that he's, he has done, I know he actually does do martial arts with Maurice Crump anyway. Um, but it almost felt like every time when he was fighting, like it was very, very close quarters and you couldn't really see his face. Whereas like with the Dora Milaje, it was there were quite long scenes and um, quite long shots and you could kind of see you know, it was it was quite a lot more spread out. Maybe because they're losing a staff to fight, but then um, yeah. So 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 I had that issue um with, with the choreography, uh the suit. I think by him not having a heads up display, it caused a bit of a problem in my my connecting with him when he's the Black Panther for too long. So obviously you've got the whole back and forth between him and Shuri, which is, which is amazing. Like, you know, you've got like the jumped up excited little sister who's actually able to help her big brother in the field and stuff like that. You know, it, it just, it just works. But then it gets to a certain point where you could see that they knew that they they had a problem because every time T'Challa got hit, you know, and he got kind of dazed, like they'd make the costume cover over, come over his face just to remind you that it's not like, um, it's just, it's not a CGI character. They're fighting on screen, you know, so they trying to reinforce you know the, the person that, that you're that you're rooting for as well and it feels a bit forced for me i mean some people might not have clocked into it but um if, if you love your action scene and you love your martial arts and you're if you're waiting for a big throwdown then as far as i'm concerned i want to be able to see people's faces you know that's what i want so so i had that issue um there was another issue as well but my mind has, has drawn a blank um Oh, sorry. It was Alvin. Is you basically saying that the reason why they may have had problems with filming the choreography um, is because Krugler's used to filming it in a, in a particular um, in a, um, particular format? Hmm. Um, I won't even I won't even put that down to down to it. I would like to say, or I'd, I would like to think, it's because the style of fighting that they were using 
isn't something that's really been portrayed on screen yet. So maybe they haven't found that rhythm uh, or, or that formula to make it, to, you know, perfect to perfect it to make it look good on screen. Now, that, so an example I would use is be like, you've got, you know, a host of films now that now have Wing Chun in it. So like you can say it started from like the Donnie Yen era when he first came out with the first Ip Man film. But before that, Wing Chun had never been portrayed on screen in, in a good way because it's, it's a good fighting method, you know, depending on who you're talking to. But for it to look good on screen is very, very hard. Um, you know, you, like you have to like take certain liberties with the style. So, um, so I can only assume that's the only reason why the, the fighting style in well, for T'Challa w- wasn't that great is because I don't think they really figured out how to, you know, how, how to make it look good on screen, which is something I, I really hope that they, they do, you know, rectify, come by, you know, come by Infinity War and, you know, Black Panther 2. Um, but off the, off the top of my head, uh, th- those, are the, those are the only main issues that I, I had with it, to be honest. All right, cool, man. Um, well, let's get down to our final scores then. Uh, I really, really like this movie a lot. Um, I think when it's good, it's amazing. Um, and, you know, the the negatives that I have were, they were nitpicks. They weren't um, things that I could say really kind of threw me out of the, the movie experience as a whole or undid, you know, anything that had come before it. Um, and as I said, I really, really enjoy it. The only thing uh, I'm so close to giving it like a nine, but I think I'm going to have to settle on eight um, just purely because of the, those nitpicks about the, the fight scenes. If the fight scenes were a little bit better, a little bit more polished and the CGI in those scenes was, was a bit more effectively used, um, I would have been like, really 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 seriously impressed with this movie um but as it is i am still seriously impressed because of as said how much they've been able to achieve from a storytelling point of view from what they've done with their characters from the way the story works from beginning to middle to end um it's a phenomenal achievement um and especially considering as said ryan coogler's you know never made a, a film on on this scale before and he's pulled it off hugely um, huge credit has to go to the script writers as well for the work they've done. I think um, Joe Robert Cole is his name. I think I, I think he's Marvel's in-house writer. Um, he, you know, uh, worked on the script with Kugler and, and they delivered like a, a terrific movie. So for me, I'm going to go with eight out of ten. Um, boys, how about you? David? Okay. Um, yeah, it's difficult. Because like you've just mentioned, Jason, there's there's like a lot, well, let's say a lot of problems, a few problems here and there. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it, it's not, it's not perfect, but the story is, like you said, it's so fucking good. If it didn't have that story and it was still this movie and it had a different story that wasn't as good, it would just be in the realms of okay. Mm. But the story does a lot of the heavy lifting, mm. so I, I've, I've got to kind of give it like a, a, a seven point five. Okay, I think just because it's it's better than average, and it is really good, and somehow it does feel refreshing. Although it's not particularly doing anything new, it's just doing one or two things better 
than uh than other marvel movies um so see so yeah I, I think 7.5 for me it has to be uh, which actually makes it sound like i don't like it that much but i like it quite a lot no i, I totally understand where you're coming from man all right richie um it's okay. on you to bring it home bro okay okay yeah sorry i remember I remember uh, you kissed my ass. I've got um, <laughs> <laughs> no. I I remember I remember what the other negatives were for me, and like I said, and this is what's gonna. Like I said, is what the black thing about Black Panther is one of those films where it's almost like you had to because, like I said, because like I think it was you that just said it up, and where the story does a lot of the heavy lifting, hmm. so it's almost like you have to kind of look for the flaws. Um, to a certain degree because the story is that fucking strong that you just kind of go like eh, you know what fuck it i'll let that one slide um but obviously since we've had to you know since that's the whole point of doing a review is to do the, the pros and the cons um but the, but the the other two cons that i had against it the time framing uh that like it's almost like it, it loses a certain element of time so you, there's no time frame as to how long everything takes to happen uh so that that was that was my personal opinion um and the second thing is that as much as like t'challa came back and he managed to get back the mantle of you know of, of the black panther from from killmonger there's that part of me that like that feels that he, he didn't earn it like like it, he, he like it sorry he didn't know they didn't earn it. he got it too easy it's like he has a fight against this guy gets taken out and then they bring him back to life and then he comes back and they have a rematch and then they win again and then he, then he wins and i was like yeah like i don't know it, it felt like that came too easy that's that's my own personal opinion because the way how the fight the first fight and the second fight is set up you don't see t'challa do anything different to show that he's learned from the first fight to be able to take this person who physically might be better than him um so and and then added that into the into the whole CGI thing. I was like, yeah, okay, cool. So yeah, so th so those are the two other cons that, that that I had. Um, so you know, you guys know already that I don't really give numbers or the out of ten. But um, so basically, I'm gonna give uh, the Black Panther a B <laughs> for Black Panther bitches. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! You know I can't even be bothered to argue with you today. Yeah, right? you know what? Because because I know Avon wants. I know Avon wants to, but I've got I've got I've I know Avon wants to question my thing, but I've got one thing to say to you. So what? So so once you start arguing, I'll I'll start. So if you want to come, then you come. Okay. Okay. We say. Yes, it's cool. That's cool. We've okay. got other stuff to cover anyway. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um. Where does it rank for you in the uh, MCU lists and your favorite <laughs> MCU movies? Is it making your top 10? Does it not make the top 10? Is it in the top five? Where, whereabouts would you put it? Um, you're talking to me, well, since no one else has answered. It's yeah, yeah, weird. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's weird because it's the same thing that I say about The Winter Soldier. The reason why The Winter Soldier is such a good film is because it's not a superhero film. Nah, it's not that's yeah it's not it, it, it's you know it's a film that just happens to have superhero elements in it which is probably some of the reason why um film superhero films that take that that stance the reason why they're so good um and so i so i look at black panther and it's done so differently 
it, it it's weird like as much as you know that it's tied to the mcu it doesn't necessarily feel like it's tied to the mcu like i it this this is this could have even just started something a whole new trend like after this whatever they're gonna bring out like it, it's gonna have to be fucking epic Shang-Chi, you know? isn't it? yeah 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 <laughs> so, so so i don't know like I, i'm st- people have asked me this question quite a few times since i've seen it and i'm still struggling where i would place it and not because it's not good but because it's done so differently and it's done so well that i i, I wouldn't i wouldn't know where to go because the marvel have used give or take the same method for the majority of all of their characters um you know especially if in, you know especially like the, the first entries so like you look at iron man ant-man like everyone always has this thing and it's, it's all very very similar Whereas like with the Pochala Black Panther, it's something completely different. Like they've they've changed their method of how they of how they're making this character relatable. And so I, and that in that, in that in that in essence for me has an effect on the whole film. So I wouldn't know where to put it. Okay. It's, it's it like yeah, that, that's how I feel about it. But like I said, it's it's still an amazing film. Okay. Okay. Um Alvin, how about you, man? <clears throat> uh, well, are we pretty much in agreement? You don't have to put an exact place for it, but just okay. whether it would make, you know, your top 10 or your top five. Or... But are we in, in agreement that The Winter Soldier is number one? Uh, Yeah, I would agree with that, yeah. Okay. Uh, Yeah, so if we're saying Winter Soldier is number one, oh my God, it's, it's, it's hard. It's hard to do. Because, I mean, oh, man. Because everything's kind of like, yeah, superhero movies. But then there's all these like little subgenres. Yeah. So like the Winter Soldier is kind of like an espionage kind of like from the seventies. Yeah. yeah, kind of spy kind of thing going on. And you got Thor Ragnarok, which is like kind of like almost a family adventure, like Flash Gordon and all those kind of movies from mm. like uh, the eighties. Um. So and and everything's a bit different, you know what I mean? So it's it's really hard to kind of place everything because. Because so much, so much, so many of these movies go for go from being either good or great. There's not really a complete dud, you know. Where you go, oh, that was mm. fucking, that was hundred percent shit. <coughs> they just go from being all right to being great. So it, it's really hard. I, 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 I mean, right now I'm thinking, maybe, maybe it's. If we're saying I have ten, like the ten, what I consider the ten best Marvel movies, which I'm just trying to think of, I'd I'd have to say maybe it's somewhere around in around the middle, or somewhere near five, which sounds pretty bad, but actually it's it's actually pretty no, that's, good. That's not bad at all when you consider it's pretty up there. The quality so of like the film in five or six. Yeah, that's that's quite yeah, high. It's, it's just difficult to place without me having them all out. I'd like mm. to kind of like you know how next factor like they've got everyone and going okay this one's gone to judges houses and all that shit mm. that's what i'd like to do with mm. the marvel movies and go okay that was number one that was number two da, 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 and have them all and just have my big like marvel list but yeah I, th- I think it's somewhere around the middle i think in terms of the feel of the movie and kind of what what it's done for the moment it's been a while since a marvel movie hasn't felt like a product yeah this like a product to me it didn't feel like it was a movie that was a product mm. it, it's not like they went for the lowest common denominator you know what i mean sometimes mm. marvel will, will kind of go for that a little bit um but still produce a pretty good film out of it um so so yeah i think this is this is somewhere in the middle for me of of say whatever my favorite 10 are which i think 
I think it's all right. I think I think it's still a good shout. It's still it's still a very capable movie. It's not it's not saying it's bad in any way, shape, or form. So so basically, so it's number five for you, and like you said, and and Captain America: Winter Soldier is still number one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think I have to put okay. Winter Soldier number one just because of what it meant for the MCU, which was a big shift, like the whole Hydra reveal uh of working within shield and all that kind of business oh yeah it, no yeah no I, I definitely agree with you i'm choosing the colonizer film to be number one well if you've seen the film by now you'll get that joke <laughs> um for me i think at the moment it is just outside the top five for me like literally by a fags a fag paper outside. In fact, I would probably even maybe say it's joint five. Mm. Um, yeah, I would say maybe it's joint five for me, um, which is amazing considering like the film has said, you know, we we've been introduced to this character only once in civil war, um, you know, and he, what he had was effectively a, a an extended cameo in that movie and for his first solo outing to be, you know, so strong, um, really shocked me. So yeah, he's probably black Panther's going to end up about sort of joint five for me on, on the list really. Um, which is, as you said, is, is sensational really considering how strong the MCU output is. Um, you know, I, I mean, out of that, they're what on 18 films now, is it? I think it's yeah, 18 think, films. Yeah, 18 and 19. Long ago, man. I just I just go to watch that shit. I don't even count anymore. <laughs> yeah, 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 I think it's 18 films. And I mean, really, out of the 18, there's probably only two that I I really didn't enjoy. Um the the rest of them I enjoyed on one level or another, um, to varying degrees. But yeah, um, yeah, I think Black Panther ranks about kind of yeah, halfway, halfway in the top ten for me. So yeah, that's about as clear as mud listeners, but there you go. I mean, let us know what you thought of the movie as well, obviously, um, and where you would rank it in the MCU too. I mean, where, where does it kind of rank for you and, and why? Um, we definitely want to hear from you on that, so um, let us know. Um, right, boys, before we wrap it up, I think we should probably do a little bit about um, the post credit scenes, just purely because I think, in particular, the first post credit scene is, is not only um, very poignant, but... Also, because from, you know, a geeky point of view, it's actually quite impactful and potentially quite impactful. So um, for those of you who who don't know, um, in the first post credit scene, T'Challa chooses to go before the United Nations and um, basically explain that what Wakanda is and that Wakanda is, is going to open itself out to the world. Um, we don't know exactly what shape that takes. Um, at this point, but uh, towards the end of the film, he talks about, you know, setting up an outreach center in Oakland and um, kind of things like that. So, and a knowledge exchange and, and, and things like that, you know. Um, so one of the, the the things that I wanted to ask you guys was, you know, this film has made like a bazillion dollars. So clearly we're going to get a sequel. Um, so from the sequel, based on that kind of first post credit scene, um, what do you see as kind of the potential problems for T'Challa and, and Wakanda going forward? Um, and is there anyone in the MCU now or or perhaps maybe even somebody that might be joining the MCU if they pull their finger out and finalize their deal with Fox um, that could 
possibly, you know, throw a spanner in the works for Wakanda now they've opened themselves out to the world. Um, so, Richie, I mean, as, as kind of like the comic book fanboy here, um, seeing as you're, you're all right using that term, um, what do you see kind of going forward for Wakanda here as said in terms of where you might see a sequel story going and, and the potential problems they might face? Uh, potential problems. I, well, I think if anything, what should be smart is that they they would have to set the sequel after Infinity War. So I reckon it would, it would just have to be a fallout from that. Well, it would and, definitely be after that anyway. I mean, Infinity War's out in what a couple of months, isn't it? So yeah, 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 so, yeah, yeah. Either way, yeah, it be, it yeah. After. I, I think what you mean, Avengers Four, right? Um, no, 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 no. So like, um, so um, sorry, no, because the sequel could take place. The sequel could take place before Infinity War even starts, no. No, well, it could be. Infinity no? War's out like in May, bro. Yeah, but that doesn't mean it. That doesn't. What I'm trying to say is that the sequel could be placed anywhere. There's no set time frame for when Black Panther two could be placed, right? Oh, right. Yeah, okay, yeah, okay. yeah. Sorry. So you mean in terms of where the the, the timeline in the story is? Yeah, 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 to... yeah, yeah. Um. Gotcha. So yeah, so yeah, so so I'd, I'd like so I'd like yeah after Infinity War, I'd I'd like to see Wakanda. I'd like to see what influence Wakanda has. Uh, so what what the outside world influence has on Wakanda, because from what I can gather, we're going to see now is that we're going to see what influence Wakanda has on outside world, and they're, they're going to play a major part in Infinity War when when Thanos comes. But you can't you know you can't make an omelet without cracking a few eggs, so there's going to be some form of casualties, and just like and just like the majority of things anyway, once you open your doors, um, you know the, the draft uh, you know the heat the heat leaves and and, and the cold air is able to get in. So I'd, I'd like to see what kind of well, basically, what type of you know influences are going to try and infiltrate Wakanda, and whether they're going to be you know, um, po- well, whether they're going to be positive, whether they're going to be negative. You've got somebody like Eric Killmonger. You know, there's, there's not going to be a lot of people. There's not. He's not going to be the only person to have that type of you know that type of thoughts. As quite, you know, as 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 opposed to like, to the country and you know where have you been for this X amount of time and why have you done certain things, and then also you're going to get more people like Claw. Who are going to see this and going to be like, well, listen, forget diamonds and you know, and forget gold. Like you've got vibranium, you've got the most precious metal ever. So I'd so I'd like to see I'd like to see what kind of impact that has now that Wakanda is known, and then obviously you've got the whole technological aspect and how is that going to affect the rest of the world? So so th- those are the type of things that I'd like to see. Villain wise, I'm not even sure if I'd even know who 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 could even come back you know what i'm gonna throw a span and works i'd like to see ultron come back just because he'd be he'd be something different and he'd be a villain that would make a, a that the, one of the first villains to make like a, a second appearance and um and just basically just view wakanda as like shit how did i miss this place and this place is is is, is fucking amazing and this can help me um fulfill what i wanted to try and do the first time uh where i failed just because like they're just so much better than that than outside world so I, I'd, I'd like to see that okay cool um i'll same question to you man i guess so was it what do when do i want a sequel to be set or where uh no no it was more um just kind of oh, how nice, what are the problems that you could see you know, spilling out for T'Challa and Wakanda from this decision that they've taken to announce themselves ah, okay. on the world stage. 
Yeah, um, people are going to come for their shit, essentially. That's literally what's going to happen. People are going to want to come for their shit in some way or give them some grief. Um, so I, I'd kind of like, I mean, as long as they don't do it like fucking Star Wars prequels, I'd quite like to see the politics of that. Mm. Um, but n- not have it be as obvious uh, as we'd expect it to be. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd like to kind of have let's see him like in political situations because he's the leader of a country. So of course he's going to have to kind of like represent his his country every now and again or wherever. Uh, and yeah, I, I want kind of like I want them to take the Bond, the James Bond elements that they stole, and um, and like fully realize them and have kind of like an international kind of globe trotting story. Um, Involving both T'Challa and uh, the Dora Milaje, um, and obviously having a Kier in there as well, huh. uh, and yeah, and obviously you've got Sharia's Q. So yeah, have have like a proper Bond style kind of like go all over the place, do different things, fucking different gadgets and all that kind of stuff. Like really go for that. Um, but yeah, that's that's uh, yeah, that's pretty much what I'd want from the sequel. Um, I think this did that a tiny bit, not as much as I'd like, but it it was enough. Okay, cool. Um, for me, I think you guys, I mean, I would agree, obviously, if you're a isolationist nation and you decide one day that you're just going to open, you know, your doors to the rest of the world, um, especially when you're sitting on, you know, the world's most precious metal, that obviously is going to invite problems, you know. Um, I think it was Vision who says in Civil War that he says, you know, our very power incites or invites conflict. Um and you can only see that as being inevitable as, as, you know, people are going to be out there who are going to see the power of Wakanda and think, hmm, you think you're bad? Well, we're badder. And they're going to turn up to the doors um, looking to blow them off. Now, for who I would want to see do that, there's only really two people I can think of. One of them would be Namor. Um I would love to see a fucking war between Wakanda and Atlantis. Um, I don't know if they're going to go down that road for only his first sequel. Um, and because, you know, Wakanda looks like it might take some damage during Infinity War anyway. Um, I don't know if they're going to do that. But, you know, just for the fanboy in me, I would love to see that. I would love to see um, uh, T'Challa have to deal with another king of an isolationist nation. Um, that's technologically advanced and powerful. Um, that's actually a pretty cool fucking idea. And what's to come for mm. him. So, yeah, you know, I, c- I could definitely see that. And the other one would be um, another person like that, really, um, Doctor Doom. I think it's unlikely because I just can't see Doom w- without the Fantastic Four. But, you know, they've had their run-ins in the past, T'Challa and Doctor Doom. Um, and it's usually based around... You know who is the the smarter guy? Um, Doom's whole psyche is is kind of you know. I mean, Richard usually describes it best, but it's based around this thing that he wants to prove that he's better than everybody else out there. Um, and as said, you know, his Wakanda strength invites challenge. So, you know, why would Doom not want to be like, yo, these these Wakandans? They think they've got tech. No, 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 no. Let me show them what what I've got. And what I can do, and then we'll see who's the best. So um, yeah, either of those I would I would love to see, man. Definitely, definitely. 
But yeah, that's it. Um, I think we're kind of hitting the nail on the head unless you guys wanted to add anything else. Uh, yeah, one thing. Yeah, there's one criticism that I keep on hearing, uh, which is like, oh, why is it so uh, tribal? Why is it so tribal and, and primitive? And primitive. These, uh, these are like basic, basic. And it's like, dude, it's a comic. Chill the fuck Sorry, out. Sorry, you, you broke up a little bit there. Sorry, what was the criticism? Why are they so tribal, did you say? Yeah, why are they so tribal and primitive, but yet have all these advanced technologies? And I'm like, dude, it's a comic book. Like, what the hell? Like, it's a comic book. It's based on a comic. That's in the comic. Just accept it and watch the film and enjoy it, innit? Like, I really don't understand people sometimes, you know. It's like they, they come out with the oddest shit, man. Like, me and Rich would... Um, uh, were talking to somebody that that we know um, at our day job, and and they were saying that somebody had watched the movie and come out with the complaint that the accents didn't sound the same. Oh my gosh! Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, there's just there's just be some weird shit that people have said about the, the like that have come out with as, as complaints. They said, mm. "Oh, I don't like that." Like, like Alvin said, it's it's a fucking comic book. Like, <laughs> what? You know what? What did you want it to be like? What, what were you? What were your expectations? I mean, obviously, you weren't entering into the into entering into the film with an open mind in the first place. If that's the first thing you pounced on, not like you know anything to do with the character specifically or or story elements or anything like that. No, that's the thing that bothered you. It's just like really odd, really really odd. Yeah, I, I've seen a couple of odd comments as well, but I've mostly just bypassed that shit because. <laughs> these people are talking shit mostly anyway yeah. um but yeah 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 no man I, I i i don't know i don't know people are weird anyway i said let's wrap it up boys because we've been going for quite a while on this one i think this might actually beat the record for the last jedi recording for length um because that one was almost two hours and i think this one's almost two hours as well oh wow so, yeah we, we've we've covered just about everything we're going to cover listeners um but i said if you do have an opinion on the movie and you know if you saw it differently to us and there were things that worked and things that didn't then let us know if you listen to the end of this recording you'll um, hear a little trailer where you can find out some more information about how to get in touch with us and stuff like that um before we go i just wanted to say uh, a couple of big ups as well um wanted to give a shout out to uh let me see i've got my little list here um the man braden podcast is uh jay del negro uh, the Just In Time podcast, uh, hashtag Blackout, um, who've been really good to us recently, actually. They gave us a really good review on iTunes. Um, so thank you for that, guys. Um, it's, was, it's Whatever podcast. Um, Damn We Grown. Uh, shout out to Miss L as well and the Two Shots in a Brew podcast. Um, Radical Star Productions, uh, J360 Productions. Um, Jeff from the Kung Fu Driving podcast as well. Thanks a lot, man, for all the support. Um, got to give a shout out to Rob as well, Rob Wade from Emotionally 14 podcast. Hopefully, we'll get him on the show very, very soon. Um, Simon from Admit One Movies podcast as well has been really supportive to us, so thank you very much for that. Um, and as a matter of fact, I've got to give a big shout out to the whole Britpod scene collective as well, they've been really good to us. Um, if you don't know about the Britpod scene, they're uh, a collective of over 100 British uh podcasts, all independently produced, um, and they're really diverse as well. There's a lot of different stuff there. So if you've got an interest in sports or gaming or chat <coughs> or anything like that, um, you know, you'll find a podcast that, that suits 
what you're looking for at the Britpod Scene podcast. So when you're on social media, just um, type in Britpod Scene and have a look. I'm sure you'll find something to your taste there. All right, let's wrap it up. As I said, because we've been going on for a little while. So um, my voice is is super dry right now. So I need to drink some drink. Uh, somehow I forgot my water bottle. I don't know why. I usually always have a water bottle next to me and I completely forgot it. So yeah, man, I need to go before I start sounding all croaky and stuff. Um, Alf, where can people find you at, man? And where can they holler at you and all of that? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram uh, at BigA85GL. Uh, if you want to check out the YouTube, that's uh, youtube.com forward slash big A, the monkey geek. Cool. And um, Rich Kid, where can people find you, bro? Uh, on Instagram, Rich Reviews. Is it Rich Reviews? Too? Shit, what is it again? Every week you can't remember your own bloody thing. Yeah, it's rich, rich underscore reviews is where you can find, you find me. And then also you can find me and Jason. Uh, on Instagram as uh, Wulong Talks and obviously www.wulongtalks.com will take you to the blog and then also uh, the YouTube channel and various other platforms which I'm sure Jason will now tell you about as well um, yeah as I said we'll, we've got a trailer at the end so listen out for the trailer that will tell you everything you need to know about where you can find us. All right. I'm going to say good night, man. Cause I said, my throat is tapping out in here. So um, let me say good night. Um, Alvin say good night. Good night. Rich kid say good night. Good night. Cool. And it's good night from me. Uh, peace bless everybody. And we'll catch you on the other side soon. Peace. If you like what you just heard, why don't you follow us online? You can find us on Twitter at WulongTalks.com on Facebook at Wulong Talks and on Instagram at Wulong Talks. We also have our blog, which we update uh, kind of regularly, and you can find us there at www.wulongtalks.com. If you have any ideas for topics or would like us to feature your geek-based products or business on our show, you can always get in touch with us via email at wulongtalkspodcast at gmail.com. <laughs>